A global pandemic forced us to close the labs and pause experiments. But for our lab, science has always been about building community. So today, we're chatting with fellow researchers about their experiences in lockdown. I'm Andrew Pelling, and you're listening to Quarantimes. Hello, Quarantimers! Today, we are doing something a little bit different. The roles are reversed. So today, uh, we're going to be your hosts. I'm Cassidy. And I'm Rana. And we are going to be interviewing Nikki, who's been our host this whole time. And now we're going to learn a little bit more about her. So my first question for you is, what is your research in the lab all about? So my project is entitled The Replacement of Fetal Bovine Serum. And fetal bovine serum is basically baby cow blood. And we use it to feed cells around the world. So if you're working in an academic lab or a cancer lab or a pharmaceutical lab and you're growing cells, you're most likely using this stuff to grow and feed your cells. But not only is this stuff super unethical, it's also not standardized, meaning that from sample to sample it varies. And obviously scientists don't like that because we like to standardize our experiments. And finally, it's really expensive. So with several techniques that I'll be um, using within the Pelling Lab, I'll be able to hopefully replace this stuff one day. That is going to change research for sure when you find the answer. <laughs> so I have another question for you. I know you did your undergraduate degree at McGill, so how did you get involved with the lab? Yeah, so I actually never heard of the Pelling Lab while I was at McGill, but I was surfing on Reddit one day and I found this Ask Me Anything on this field called Cellular Agriculture, and they're basically talking about how this is a new field and they're using science to eliminate the use of animals in industry. And one of the only people that were talking about it was this guy Santiago, and he was an, a master's student at the Pelling Lab at the time. So I, on a whim, I just messaged him on LinkedIn and I asked if I could volunteer for the lab. He put me in contact with Andrew and eventually I got a summer position in the lab. I really loved it. I was given this project by Andrew and the rest is kind of history. I applied for my master's there and here we are. So how has your experience been at the lab so far? It's been really wholesome. I think that's like the best word to describe it because I've never felt like it's at all competitive and I think I've gotten really lucky with like the science labs that I've been in and um, everyone is just super helpful and nice and um, still really dedicated to their research and like do really good um, rigorous science but at the same time it just feels like a really collaborative environment and whenever I get into work it's just always a really positive experience. I find Every time I walk in the lab, no matter who's there, there's always something really cool going on. So it's always just a good time when you walk in, no matter what. Yeah, I definitely agree. So now I'm wondering, because of the quarantine and all, how has that affected your research project? So during the year, um, because I had TA duties and I was taking some courses, I was still running experiments, but not as many experiments as I would like to. And I was going to use this summer as a time to just gather a lot of data um, to advance my research project. And I also wanted, or I still want to fast track into the PhD program. So I guess a lot was riding on that. But now that the pandemic has come, obviously, I um, that, that was all put on hold. And so to cope with that at home, I've been teaching myself how to code and I want to try and mathematically model the experiments that I was going to be doing in the lab, but it's definitely pretty hard. That definitely sounds stressful. I think 
hopefully they'll accommodate you enough and be understanding of that, whether that's like a further away deadline to begin a fast track. Um, I know you can do it. Your project is so valuable. And I think that a lot of people will be able to recognize that for sure. Thank you. Um, Besides doing your coding and being a wonderful podcast host, what else have you been doing during quarantine? During quarantine, I feel like I've been trying to keep myself busy um, just to keep myself mentally sane. So I've been taking up roller skating and that's been really hard, but it's been a lot of fun and I'm trying to dance on the roller skates. So it's it's a little bit complicated and it, I've, I've been getting a lot of bruises. But it's a good time. And um, otherwise, I've just been um, playing a lot of music. So I'm playing guitar, saxophone, and singing. Well, it sounds like you're making really good use of all of your time in quarantine and, and getting lots of work done, but also lots of hobbies and personal interests. So what I'm wondering is when the quarantine started, were you anxious and nervous about it? Or were you just as relaxed as you are right now all the way along? When quarantine first started, I was pretty calm and I say that from a place of privilege knowing that I didn't lose my job which I was and am still really grateful for um I was excited actually because I felt like I didn't have to do that much I didn't have to go outside and see people and I usually really like that but then as time has gone on I think I've come to a little bit of a sadder place just because I do miss seeing people and I do miss that level of social interaction that you have by going in and out of the lab but at the same time I've tried to put a positive spin on things. I've been trying to be really optimistic, and I know that things won't go back to normal for quite some time, but I'm just trying to use this period as a time to kind of make myself better and, like, do all the things that I've wanted to do over the last few years. So, yeah. I love that. Positive girl. I feel like that's the way to go in a situation like this, because if you can't find a way to find your own little pieces of happiness, it gets very tolling in the long term yeah for sure like I think um keeping myself busy during this time has been the best way to get my my mind off of the tougher aspects of it definitely agree and I think a big part of that also is realizing what things are out of your own control and not blaming yourself for them or not finding a way to upset yourself over them so many things in life are out of our control and I I find for myself and I think a lot of people it's very easy to stay upset with those things and like dig yourself a hole of sadness. So it's really nice that you have come out of that and know how to deal with all of these emotions. And I think uh, along the lines of consistency, especially when everything is kind of up in the air like this, it's, it's really important to have regular habits and routines. Yeah, routines are so important. Just a question I like to ask people when they're further along in their careers. So you're a master's student, basically a PhD student. What would you tell first-year Nikki, so your little 18-year-old self? Oh, damn. (laughs) I have a lot of things to say uh, to my younger self. I I think the number one thing would be don't let other people disturb your inner peace. I think you need to be zen and calm in a lot of situations. And unfortunately, even if people get you riled up and you are justified in being riled up, the most graceful thing that you can do is to ignore them because at the end of the day, you have to choose yourself and it's for your own mental health to not get angry. It's for your own blood pressure to not freak out. And the other thing is just be authentic. Just like 
be yourself as much as you can be because people will always like that more than you choosing to be someone else. Definitely. There's so much value to being genuine. I like I feel like I experienced the same thing in my life when you just accept that you are who you are and you go after the things you're passionate about regardless of what other people say. I think your life really goes up a level. Yeah, being authentic has really added a lot to my life because I feel like if you're yourself and people still don't like you, then they're not for you. And in doing that, like in living your life, in feeling yourself and loving yourself to the core because no one else will do that for you, it makes you love and appreciate life so much. (laughs) Yes, so cute. (laughs) Thank you. But seriously, especially in a time like right now where we're seeing so much hatred towards one another. You just need to love yourself. And I've gotten to a place in my life where I can cry from just appreciating and being grateful for who I am. I think you just gave yourself a motivational speech. Also, like the whole chemical release theory. I I really believe in that. Like sometimes, yeah, I've had days where I'm just so upset. And like, I literally know I've come to the point where I'm like, I know I just need to cry and then I will be okay. Yeah, exactly. You just got to feel your emotions. How was your experience running this podcast? Um, I can't say it's easy um, just because I'm not an audio engineer and I've never launched a podcast. I've never been a host of anything and I'm, I've convinced myself that I'm socially awkward, um, but it, it has been super rewarding and it's honestly made me closer, I think, with the entire lab. I think that as a whole, it's made us all closer together and it's really cool that we have this thing that like has documented our experiences during this time um I think it's really unique and I so I feel like really grateful to be part of it and that we started it all together and I've kind of realized that being the producer of a podcast is very similar to being a PI of a lab like you are the editor of all the content that is put out there and you're the driver for that content as well and um there's a lot of behind the scenes that has gone into it that, you know, the public wouldn't see, obviously. And I think it's the same idea with a lab, you know, the public just sees these amazing papers and TED Talks and research that's put out there, but they don't see the behind the scenes of all this time and effort that's put into this um, thing that makes this lab and uh, this whatever concept we're talking about just so amazing. So it's also given me a huge respect for um PIs and project managers and just anyone in a leadership role working on such a large project that involves so many people. I think I speak for all of us when I say that we've all really thoroughly enjoyed having you interview us. You've really tapped into like very personal parts of our lives that we're very excited to share with everyone. So thank you so much for all the work you're putting into this. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So it's my pleasure. Yeah, I'm grateful this week that Nikki, you decided to be on the podcast as a guest, but don't you worry, her awesome hosting skills are going to be back in the next episode, and it's actually going to be our final episode where she's going to be interviewing Andrew, RPI. So thank you so much, Nikki, and thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on Quarantimes. Thank you, guys. This was so much fun, and um, I I would love, I love being interviewed. This is great. Like, I'm just chilling, you know, I don't have to worry about (laughs) questions. Because all the other times I'm like looking at the paper and I'm like, what do I ask them next? And like (laughs) writing notes down. And now I'm like, oh, like ask me anything. I love talking about myself.